0: Hi, I'm Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason podcast, and what you are about to hear is a segment called Playing With Problems. It was originally aired as the Playing With Problems podcast and is now officially folded into the Dream Mason podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Success is a broad term that carries only arbitrary meaning. In Western cultures, we often attribute it to money, fame, and power. But money without joy, peace, love, spirituality, and health doesn't equate to a great life. Often, it equates to a miserable one. Hi, I'm Alex Terranova. As a business and life performance alchemist and coach who's coached hundreds of successful people, I have learned the secret to a great life is about creating a life you love the experience of living. It's not about how much money you make, how big your company is, how many abs you can count, the boat you own, the models you've slept with, or the trips you've taken. A great, successful life feels good. It's the result of choosing your purpose and living with commitment, integrity, love, play, and faith. Each week on Playing With Problems, I will sit down with one successful person. They might be successful in money, love, leadership, health, spirituality, or maybe they're thriving in various areas. And we'll explore who they are and what they've accomplished. But every podcast does that. What makes this podcast unique is we'll also dive into and play with the current problem they're experiencing. See, there's this cultural myth that makes us believe that once people are successful, they don't have problems. We all have problems, and it takes a courageous person to share theirs. The show isn't about listening to a problem that's been solved. Our guests will bring a vulnerable issue they are currently challenged by, and we'll work and play together to get clarity, answers, new perspectives, ideas, and maybe even a solution. I invite you to experience these conversations as if they are about you. If you listen and watch through yourself, your relationships, finances, fears, challenges, successes, and problems, these conversations could change your life. Welcome to playing with problems. What's up everybody. Welcome back to playing with problems. I am your host, Alex Terranova. This is still the beginning of a probably one of the most challenging journeys I've been on in like the media space i've I've done like probably over five hundred four to five hundred podcast episodes over the last five years. but this podcast has proven to be really interesting and really challenging because everybody likes to go on a show and talk about how great they are. Everybody likes to go on and share their successes and share their wisdom and I think that's great. we need that. We want that in our world, right? It helps us and i don't know about you but when i look at social media when i look at the internet when i talk to my friends when i'm out with people most of the time people are either complaining about stuff right like their city the government you know politics uh, their job their boss their relationship but it's like that surface level just complaining no real results or anything changing or people are kind of bragging about their wins which i think is also really important we should be bragging about our wins we work really hard to achieve them. And I think we've cultivated a narrative in this society where when we look at media, when we look at TV, when we look at you know any anything that's outward, we see all these people winning and we never see what they're actually struggling with. We see moments where somebody goes online and we'll, we'll see their vulnerability, they'll cry, but we don't really see all the challenges and all the struggles that people who have made it and are making it are struggling or challenged by. And I think that's really important because it creates a false narrative inside of us that we should have no problems or we should be perfect or we're not good enough. So I'm really grateful when, uh, for the people that are willing to come on this show and not only share how they've made it and why they're successful, but what they're actually currently struggling with and challenged by. So you can see a little bit for yourself, some of yourself and them, and hopefully not only can we move them forward, but we can you move you forward in the process with some ideas, with some brainstorming, with some advice, with some coaching, with some consulting, with just bantering, with having some fun. So I want to tell you a little bit about our guest today. Um, he is the founder and chief elevation officer, which is when I read that, I was like, well, that's a cool title. I don't know what that means. We're going to have to ask him, but the chief elevation officer for Trinity Growth Solutions, So he and his team help leaders and entrepreneurs simplify their lives more, simplify their lives more successfully, which I love. We're going to have to like get into what this means. He spent 20 years in the financial world and he realized, I love this too. This is a great how he wrote this. His ladder was up against the wrong wall, which man, I can like resonate with that. Spending 15, 16 years in a different industry and finding, finding no real satisfaction or joy. Um, He had a life-changing experience as a caregiver, along with his own health care, and it helped him to realize his priorities. And he realized that he did not have the kind of circle of people in his life that he wanted. So Jim learned how, uh, I just told you his name, but he learned how to pivot with purpose and through the power of intentional connecting, he was able to build an online global circle that's changed his lives and the lives of others. His vision is to help as many people as possible to reach their goals and live a life that they are that they were created for. Wow, that's pretty. Really, this is good. This will be fun. So, Jim Lamott, welcome to Playing with Problems. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having the courage to come on here. Um, I told you before, many people are like, yeah, I want to be on. And then when they actually learn what we're going to do, they are like, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm going to go be on a podcast where everybody just makes me perfect, sound perfect. Um, but before, tell us a little bit about, because I, I, I love the name, Chief Elevation Officer. What does that mean?
1: Um, what it means is that at this stage of my life, uh, the direction I wanted to go in with, with um, Trinity Growth Solutions was. Really, making life about others, um, elevating others, pouring myself into others, so that they could live their best life. So that's re- really what it is. The, you know, the the buck starts and stops with me, with whatever I'm doing. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of put a little twist on the word CEO, and really, that title is just about pouring into others and helping them, you know, you know find out what they really want. They can work. We could. They can work with me even in my organization, but ultimately it's finding out what they want and elevating them to get there. Do you find that as
0: you support others and elevate them, that it actually comes full circle and like
1: elevates your company? Absolutely. In fact, it elevates my life. I mean, the, you know, when I think about my journey and the things I've faced, and hopefully we'll unpack some of that today, um, I'll tell you the real joy has come from helping others achieve and, and, and live their dream, you know, grow into the life they were created for. There's nothing. I think it more, it, it satisfies, satisfies at a soul level that I think you can't get really from any job. I love that. I
0: really, I really do believe, you know, we can, we can live a good life, like kind of lone wolfing it like on our own, just taking care of ourselves. We can live a good life, be fine. But if we wanna live an extraordinary life, a great life, a life filled with satisfaction, fulfillment, true peace, enjoyment, that actually comes from stepping outside of ourselves and going beyond. And that can look a million ways, there's no right way. Um, But really the, the bringing others up with us, you know, and so many people, don't see that. They're like really focused on themselves or their business or, you know, so many business owners too are like really like bottom line, right? It's very like capitalistic bottom line. Look at the numbers and they miss that. Man, if I actually poured into my team or my staff, that bottom line will go up. It just goes up in a different way.
1: Yes. And think about the messaging that's all around us. Have it your way, right? And, and other marketing slogans. It's so centered on me, me, me. Um, and I think the, the more people have a taste of helping others win. That's for me, I mean, believe me, I was type A driven all about me for a large part of my life, okay? Until some of the things you mentioned in, in, in the beginning. that just that shift. Um, perhaps it's with age, I don't know. Perhaps it's staring down that barrel, knowing you're on the back nine of life. Instead of that front line, I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, anyone who's listening, real joy comes in helping others.
0: Let's talk about, I love the line that you said, simplify simplify their lives more successfully. And you and I were talking before we hit record about yeah. the, often we think, you know, I I'm a perfect example of this. I thought I needed an empire, you know, like all the money, all the success, all the, the accolades to be happy. And that I've realized that's not what happiness is about at all. Now you can have that too. That's not, it's not like it's one or another, but that I was conditioned to think I needed all that to be happy. And what I've realized is happiness is like the love of my partner, a walk on the beach, playing with my dog, you know, being able to take a nice vacation. It's not having, you know, 25 companies and a billion dollars. So great. that really, I love that line. What does that mean to you that simplify their lives more successfully?
1: Well, first of all, that line, literally, it was like one of those things that hits you like a lightning bolt some years ago. It was like a divine, you know, s- string of words that just resonated in my soul. And I didn't know how it was going to manifest itself, but I wrote it down anyway, n- n- not knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think, first of all, success is subjective. What is success? You know, what it, you know, what, what makes you know, a person's successful, or 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 our feelings of what makes us successful. I think you got to go through the journey. But what I absolutely have learned, and this is not about you know living living like a minimalist in a cardboard box. Hey, nothing wrong with that if you want to do that. Yeah. But what I have found is we're living in a world that we're constantly being inundated with more and more and more, being bombarded, right? Distractions that are just giving us, um, you know. Decision exhaustion, but less is more. It's learning to live, you know, in in a more productive state. Okay, more productive, but but not as in you know in you know making it less insane. So insanely productive, sanely. So simplifying. It's still about wanting to be productive. You're not not sitting in in in, in retirement and golfing and doing nothing. Again, nothing like not, not, There's anything wrong with that. But again, simplifying life to the most vital things, the most important things. And when we focus on those key little small hinges, right, moving the big doors to be cliche, then we realize we end up feeling so much more more successful, I think, ultimately in who we are and what we're trying to achieve. But it's about that less is more mentality.
0: How do you do, like, so how do you incorporate that less is more mentality into your life and how, do, how has it made you successful?
1: Absolutely, I think, um, getting laser beam focused on my vision for my life, that intentionality, That you'll hear me say that word a lot, but it starts with intentionality because I feel too often we're moving at other people's whims and what they want us to do. And granted, we, have, we, all, we all have responsibilities, but being able to step away and ha- what I've learned to do um, is sit back and again um, look at what are the, my my vital things that I need to 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 accomplish what I want and those trivial things. Quite often it's those trivial things that tug and pull at us that are easy, right? But in order to create true leverage in in my life, it's trying to get to the heart of what are those few vital things that are going to move the needle. So I I really try to get when I help others for them to get clear on what are those vital things. Needle-moving things, and let's start eliminating the other other stuff, and that ultimately simplifies lives more successful. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Is there anything you do on a like a daily basis to to effectively do that?
1: Yes. Actually, I I start on a, on Sunday evening, and I look at I'm very much about organizing a calendar, having you know each activity that I'm going to do for the week, and and just look at my activities. And i look, I'm not a tech savvy guy because I believe in uh, more aptitude over apps. You'll often hear me say, I believe in having stronger aptitude is far more important than having the latest app. So, sitting down in a practical sense on what is upcoming for the week. And then I'll actually go over all my activities and I'll say, okay, I've got three big goals. You know, I've got kind of a, a sheet that I use to identify my big three goals for the year. And then I sit down where my weekly activities fit and what things kind of fall into that fourth little quadrant area that are really trivial that I want to minimize. So it's intentional activity. I'm looking at what I have upcoming and what things that are going to pull me away that are tempting, maybe like spending too much on social media or too much TV. Things that are fun, but it's not going to create A successful life in my, again, what that means to me. Yeah,
0: I love that. So I do on Monday mornings, me and my fiance take a walk on the beach and we get out. It's like 6.30 a.m., 7.00 a.m., right? We get out kind of not too crazy early, but like sunrise and we take a walk and we do a check-in and we have a, a list of questions. It's not anything anyone could do this. It's not complex. We made up the questions, right, together and we do. It's about our relationship. It's about ourselves and then it's about our, our business. Now, when we have a child, it will also we will probably add a couple more questions to reflect on how we're doing as parents. Um, and we take a walk and we, as we walk on the beach, we, we go through these questions and we answer them. And some of them have to do with like, I love that you said, like looking for like, what's ahead this week? What do we need to prep for? How can we support each other? And I'm often surprised that when I offer this exercise to people, it's like, I don't have time, right? Like my partner doesn't want to do it, uh, or they just like forget. And I'm not saying like, look, we have weeks where we don't do it; like it happens, right? We're traveling; we we're not here on a Monday. That maybe doesn't happen. But I would say we we do our best to make it happen most Mondays. And man, you know, as I hear you, it's like, how do you expect to be successful at anything, whatever it is, your relationship, as a parent, as a business owner, with your health, if you're not doing some form of checking in. And then also looking at like what's ahead. So you can like be more, kind of keep the train on the tracks.
1: I love it. I think what you just said is so, so important. In fact, you know, the, you know, what I tell my clients, okay. And, you know, look at the past week and say, okay, let's, let's rate each other on a scale of one to 10. How do you think that, you know, the week went and then ask the person, you know, if they give you a, on a scale of one to 10, they give you an eight. Turn around and ask him, what would have made it a 13? Have that conversation. That little activity is what I call tending the garden. And unfortunately, you know, even in my own life, I'm guilty of not tending the garden. This is through, again, my own experiences to where I am now, you know, with, with the direction of, of, of my relationship. So, you know, I'm learning from, I'm passing that wisdom on from experience saying, look, if you don't tend the garden, you don't make the time, this is what could happen, yeah. right? So before we
0: jump in, I want to I get to some of the challenges that you're facing or what you've done. But I also want, before we go there, I want you to tell me, how do you define success? And then the second part, and you can kind of flow right into it, is um, why do you feel you're successful in the way you define it?
1: Sure. I think ultimately, the way I define success is being able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, and really being able to surround myself with you know who I want, and 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 uh, and making the tough choices to uh, eliminate and and see less of the people that maybe aren't as um, positive influences in my life, because they're, ultimately there are people we have to see, and that's okay, right? But I want to I want to be able to spend as much time with those that I truly want to spend time with, not feel forced to me. The worst thing um, is feeling like a slave to life. Okay. And I think, you know, at the risk of sounding cliche, you know, we make our decisions. We keep just going through life and eventually those decisions will make us.
0: And then how, ha- and then that second part is so how. Ha- What makes you feel like you've succeeded in this area? Like, what Um, what is it about your life that we can look at and kind of use you as a model for?
1: I think ultimately um, what makes what has made me successful now is I, I got to a point where I, where I just, I looked at my life and I said, I don't like what I see. Mm. And I made a decision. Everything starts with a decision and then looking at things honestly and go, well, what do I need to do? all right, to get back on track. And I've done the hard work over the last four or five years, but really hard work over the last two or three uh, that made it evident that certain things needed to change in my circle. A lot of things needed to change in my circle to actually ultimately get to the place where, I'm still, look, anyone who hears this, I'm not there yet. I'll probably never, never really be there. Because to me, There is not a place. It's just an ongoing evolution. So not achieving a successful place, a destination, it's going to be the rest of my life, just trying to continue to get better, pouring into others and just keep going. Because nowhere is it said biblically or anywhere else that we have to retire. I think ultimately it's about continuing to grow. Okay, so I I believe I'm, I'm successful because I made hard choices. And now I'm seeing the fruit from those tough choices in terms of what's coming into my life. It's that validation, Alex, that we start feeling when we start doing the hard work and going, you know, you ultimately delayed gratification. There's a point, there's a big one, right? I've got an 18 year old daughter teaching her, you gotta put the work in. It's not always gonna come right away, but this, it's you feel successful. Anyone, when I'm working with someone, people, part of my team, It's reminding them of delayed gratification, do the hard work. But everyone wants to know and be validated, everyone. And when our partners are not doing that, maybe we should look at that relationship Or So there's a, you know, again, I feel like I've maybe veered from the question a little bit. So I want to kind of rein it back in, but I, I do feel I'm successful because I've done and made some hard decisions.
0: Well, I love that you brought up before, like the garden metaphor, like tending the garden. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, I not I personally don't love the word hard because I think like what's hard to you might not be hard to me, right? It's just, it's like very perspective, but like gardening for some people is so peaceful and relaxing yes. and for someone else, gardening is miserable and hard, but I, but, but gardening in its process is always exactly the same, right? It's like tending to the soil, planting the seeds, getting them light and water, taking care of them as they grow, weeding, and then and then, you know, like pruning or plucking or picking the things and then kind of starting the process over. It's kind of always the same. How you experience it is more unique or perspective. Um, but I love that you brought that up because I I as you were saying, I was like, "Oh man, it's all just tending the garden. It's just like who are you going to be about tending the garden for you? It's like having you want to be that garden to be the people you care about and love." And you 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 right? want to really um, uh, cultivate and choose carefully, like who's in that garden with you and what you're planting in that garden,
1: you know, and you just brought up a great point as I'm listening to you going, I think the thing that we're all most guilty of is the negative self-talk. We're not careful about the words we choose, like just your perspective, sharing with me about the word hard. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've worked really hard. I've really, I've worked. I've worked diligently on, you know, the internal self-talk, challenging. You know, again, people might think, well, that's just semantics, or, but I felt I have found it's made a huge difference mm-hmm. in how I talk to myself, sl- slowing it down to make sure that I'm 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 being conscious of, of 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 the self-talk.
0: Oh my god, I think it it's a huge. The first time I remember when somebody said to me. I was nervous about I was before it was before I was gonna give a talk, a speech or some kind. And I, I made a comment about being nervous. And I don't remember if I heard this or someone shared it with me, but somebody posed that being nervous and being excited actually in your body feel exactly the same. And and I it like landed really hardcore and I went, oh my God. It's just what I say that would interpret the sensation, right? You don't actually feel nervous. You don't feel excited. You feel nice. like tense. You feel your blood boiling. You feel your stomach, whatever. And then we give that feeling a name. And I remember going, "Oh my god, how I walk onto that stage if I if I'm interpreting it as nervous versus if I ter- interpret it as excited is so different." Yes, and. And so I, I, like, I love the word challenge. Like, oh, this thing is challenging because a challenge to me is something I get to overcome. Hard, if I'm like, oh, this is so hard, then I'm like kind of suffering in it. And I don't, I don't want to suffer. I mean, that's not the way I want to live my life.
1: Agreed. Um,
0: but yeah, so I think the way our language really drives like often how we show up, like mm-hmm. the energy and being that we bring is communicated through the language first that we say to ourselves, and
1: then it comes out
0: to others in the situation no
1: doubt and again i think it's as, as the society we live in everything faster 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 it's really easy to not be conscious of those words yeah and go far up you know far off the reservation man so if we can as a society learn to slow it down and maybe that's pipe dream maybe, i don't know but at, uh-huh. at least my, my life and those that that i'm I believe it could be done um, to achieve, again, the better life, that success, whatever success is to you, more achievable when we do that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, for me, I I I wake up really early now and I used to like go to the gym and meditate and do all these things early. And now I do the things that I love first. So I write in the morning. I I create things. I think things that I like actually really enjoy doing. So then waking up isn't really difficult because I'm like, you know, I'm excited to do this thing. It's not like a burden and to me that's also slows the day down i end my day because i wake up and start so early i end the day earlier i don't live at the pace like the society's time clock or schedule I, I cultivate it and i remember when i started my business i was like oh, i have to be available and clients want me available right i have to i have to be on the clock and now it's like no people want to work with me they they fit into mine And it's not a like, then they lose out, right? It's a win-win. We find it so that it wins for them and it will win for me. But yeah, I think we have to intentionally cultivate. If we wanted to go slower, I moved out of New York City. I didn't want to move back to LA. I moved to a beach suburb in Southern California. I I live in a way that actually cultivates the slowness.
1: Um, Um, I love what you just said, though. The boundaries with clients and that's with any relationship. Not just clients. It's, you know, saying it's I love not being at the beck and call of, you know, somebody else. I mean, these cell phones, right, are like the electronic dog leash. Yeah. And and I think what I have found is when we create those healthy boundaries, you're right. It creates respect from others, saying, you know what, he's got a life too, and expect me to have a life. It might be a little awkward at first, but that's a big one in 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 my life as well, where I'm not just jumping and it's funny to watch friends of mine who if you don't respond right away something's wrong yeah that's that to me that's where uh, you know we could use some some um you know detoxing perhaps of electronic detoxing rather
0: let's um let's transition a little bit so i know you've overcome a lot in your life, and I don't. We you can you can share for a second if you want about that. I really want people to understand like where where what we're actually looking at right now, like what the challenge you're facing now is. Um, what is what what you, what's the biggest kind of obstacle challenge? The thing that you're having the most difficulty with right now.
1: I think right now, because of you know different um, obstacles from the past, ultimately it's led to a place where I'm right now seeing a, you know, 30 year relationship coming to an end. You know, I, 25 years of marriage and an additional five years, you know, with someone that, you know, when you started or when I started, you wanted it to be for life. I mean, my parents made it to 50 years and, you know that's what I you know, good or bad, they stuck it out. I mean, they were older Depression era, so maybe at different times. I don't want to use that as, a, as an excuse, Alex. But anyone who's dealing with um, a any relationship, whether it be work or personal, where they've done something for a long time and now um, something's coming to an end, mm-hmm. and being able to pivot with purpose away from that towards my next, um, my next life with purpose, and not not regress from all the hard work that I've done because it's the biggest challenge I've ever faced.
0: Are you willing to share like how it feels? Right, you like talked about it more, um, like from your right from your head, like sharing and explaining. Like, how does it feel to have? A 30-year right? Like we've all had relationships ended. I've never been in a 30-year relationship. And and I know how hard it is when a one-year or two year or five year ends. But in 30 years, right, you've created a life together. You've spent, we could say, we could argue that you spent a, a third of maybe an average third, third of a person's life with this other person. What does it feel like?
1: Um it feels the the emotions go from like First of all, I'm human, so I, I, you know, I'm going to keep it real and raw. It could get, I can get extremely angry, Mm. combined at the same time as incredibly sad. I've never had those two emotions locked together at the same time, and what I've learned that I in order to keep it under control to keep moving in a positive direction i i heard recently about you know we we we, t- we think about our you know having our buttons pushed and coming off the hinges emotionally cuz look it could happen to any of us mm-hmm. there are things in from my past that i am not proud of and i will tell you um there's no blame here zero blame i own so much of the challenges that and the struggles but they were, they, they've gotten me to this point, but I needed to take back my buttons and showing growth and maturity, I feel, are not allow, it, part of it's not allowing people to give them your buttons to push. It's taking those buttons back and saying, I own these and keeping it together and just trying to walk with love every day. Um, I, as hard as the the, the, the feeling of, getting really angry and really sad. It's the shift to gratitude and love that keeps me sane. Gratitude and love. Mm.
0: Do you let yourself, do you give yourself time or space to feel the anger and the sadness like when it shows up?
1: Well, you know, my good friend, um, Heather has been walking with me so closely from this journey and she, she taught me uh, because I, I don't think I was doing such a good job in that area, okay? Um, I was keeping it kind of bottled in and and, and ultimately that would lead to exploding um, and that's not good. Um, but absolutely, I could say now I've learned to let it go and let it flow. I mean I'm you know um, I'm walking through the belly of it right now, and it's the hardest point right now. And there are times when, you know, you, we sit here, you know, I got it all together. I'm successful. If people saw me, they'd go, you don't look, you know, well, it, but I don't care. Letting it out and letting it slow um, as as I think um, it it's necessary. I'm learning that. I'm learning how to do that. So anyone who hears this, maybe they'll, that's something that, you know, they'll take and be able to run with. Help them. I hope.
0: You know, I I struggle more with anger than sadness. Like it's easier for me to to cry than it is for me to be angry, and that's mm-hmm. simply because when my childhood I saw anger was like violent, scary, not good, and I was like, that's I don't want to be like that, right? And and I didn't actually have access to sadness for a long time. I've been able to cultivate that more because I didn't have as much um, negative. Thoughts towards it. Either one is negative, right? But now it's like I've I've now cultivate both. What are you What are you doing? Do you have any practices or anything you do to let you know any any healthy ways that you're letting the emotion, the anger out? Any ways that you're letting the sadness out?
1: Sure. Um, First of all, I don't think it does any good to have one of the things I'm not doing is parroting, meaning talking about. It's it's you know you have a confidant in your life, mm-hmm. someone that you can talk to, but now it's not. Then it's not like jumping from all these friends and talking about. Oh, well, that's rehashing. I, I I did this. Truth you know, tr- you know truth be told, you know, t- talking about over and over, realizing just reinforcing, replaying it in my head, it just does not serve any any purpose. So one of the practices again, I I made reference to my my mm-hmm. my confidant you know heather she's my one go to we'll we'll talk it through and you know let it out you know another thing that's been huge for me in this journey and has really helped me at at this stage is the combination of both personal development and spiritual development that that whatever spiritual development means to you it's that meditation and prayer time okay that is critical and of course Something that's been a part of my life my entire life. Exercise. Okay. Not just sitting around in something. Get moving. So those those three things, having that one confidant that I can and, and neither this, it's not in priority order that I'm stating. They're just three, three number ones as far as I'm concerned. Having that person, right? Having that 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 positiveness that is pouring into my head, right? And, and I'm, I'm basically flushing out the negative by, by combating positive, both personal development and spiritual development. And then lastly, you know, exercise.
0: How do you want to see this, right? The relationship is ending. That's, that's just what's happening. Mm -hmm. And right now it's like a, it is a challenge, right? You're relating to it. Is this the biggest challenge I, I've ever been in? What's the, what's the other side of the challenge? Where do you want to get to that you would feel that you would feel good about if you got to that place?
1: Um, I think getting to a place that ultimately I could show my daughter that sometimes, you know, we've got to go through really tough experiences. Whatever they are, and get on the other side to show my daughter, above all else, that you can. You can come out on the other side, and and you're going to be okay. All right, um, so, you know, two people sometimes grow apart. Okay, it happens, and it's okay, and even if, um, it, if for nothing else, it starts there. So my daughter is the most important person. In my life going forward. And I want to be a great example for her. Um, but when I come out on the other side, I just want people to know. I want myself to know. It. it it's all. It's okay. It's. It's. It's bad things are going to happen, but it's how we react. One hundred percent taking ownership of just saying how I react now and respond is everything, because I couldn't control everything. There were things that I did that contributed to the relationship ending. But I think, you know, we t- we talked a little bit about boundaries. Having the boundary knowing, not everything, okay? I'm not going to own everything because there's always two people in a relationship, Alex, and they're going to bring their part. So understanding that I don't have to own every part of the blame, okay? but well, you be responsible react accordingly and just come on the other side and, and realize you can be better from the experience and walk in love. Ultimately it's about walking in love and, and being an example to my daughter. I, I hope that answers the question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does. And I want to, I just want to go even further with it. Like, what are you, where are you the most challenged in walking in
1: love? Um, I think it's, where i'm most challenged um i think goes back to uh, a lot of the way i grew up and i think um what i what i saw in terms of um a lot of the i guess you know, growing up with people who were depression era older emotions weren't always shown as much European depression era. So we didn't show love as much. People might've said, it, but they didn't show it. So for me, the challenge is, you know, as I talk about walking in love, it's just being able to say, um, through my actions, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be a man of integrity and, and, and just show Show it in anything I could do to um, pour into others, pour into you know my wife and I have a have a daughter, so it's being able to love you know everyone, including her going forward because we had thirty years together that's a long time, and i, I you know a lot of good memories, but again we 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 grow apart, so I just want to, going forward just be an example of of Showing love to everyone, including my um my wife, where is the this um,
0: the relationship ending the challenge of it, the emotions of it, the anger, the sadness, how is it impacting other like bleeding out and impacting other areas of your life? How
1: is it bleeding out to other areas of my life? Um, I think Alex there's no doubt that it's made it more challenging to stay focused and productive that that again yeah i'd love to just tell you oh no problem <laughs> yeah yeah no it's certainly where like taking a break and saying you know what i just can't do that today okay um But there's a fine line I found that you can use anything, including this, as an excuse to not keep moving. But I think it's the old proverb we're saying about, you know, it's okay to stop once in a while, but, you know, keep your feet moving. Just keep your feet moving. I've had to slow down. I've been less productive. And that's okay. Okay? As I go through this. But keep my feet moving.
0: I love what you just said. I can't do that today. Like that, that's actually totally acceptable. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I it's funny. I, I did that yesterday. I, I had a, I'm pretty committed to my health, my wellness, working out on a regular basis, not perfect, but like consistency discipline went around that. And yesterday it was like, I could, t- I could actually get a nap and get some rest in which I felt like I really needed based on the challenge that my everything I'm holding right now. And that voice was like, you said, you're going to work out. And I actually had to get to that peaceful place where I could be like, I actually can't do that today. Like I can't work out today and not from a place of shaming myself or making myself wrong for it or like this, but actually like, Hey, this is actually serving you this to, to be in the challenge that you're in to just say,
1: I can't do that today. Right. You know, and as I hear you, and I think about, you know, doing the same thing every now and then, one of the most important things that I've I've done over the last few years was building that intentional positive network of people around me. The supportive people, that have literally told me, we're not going to let you stop during this process. When you have people like that in your life that are not going to let you fail, that are going to, that's to me, that's living. Those are the relationships that I am so blessed that I reached out to, you know, Donna Capoverty or, or Heather, reconnecting with Heather or Marie or, or Catherine in Australia. These are people that are my tight board of directors that are, they, they, they tell me, we're not going to let you fail. When you have that around you in your life, yeah, you can you can have that day where you don't work out like you or I don't feel like doing something today. But without that, without them in my life, Alex... You know, because of some of the other things I've battled, I don't know where it's gone. That's why I think I can't stress enough the importance of the environment and the people that are in your circle.
0: So I'm curious now, because you mentioned um, what sounded like all women. Um, and I and I know and not just with me, I was actually just recently at a men's event and a few of the men talked about how they're so willing to get supported by women. It feels mm-hmm. safer um but that they don't have that relationship with men that it's that they, and they wish that they did mm-hmm. is there anything for you in that do you notice that in your life like
1: very very great you know uh, great observation um these all these women uh and i say this with complete respect they're all badass women all right driven women that are positive, positive-minded, you know, driven women, and absolutely, um, that's been part of the intentionality. I, you know, but I shouldn't say all part of the intentionality. It they aligned in my life. I saw something. We we connected and we meet regularly as like accountability type of partners. That's what the kind of relationships that we've we've got. And over the last few years. They have that. In, they have that in common. They're all unique and different, but maybe there's a, a that when we talk about um, leadership in the 21st century and more empathetic, more emotional intelligence. I think there's something to that part of it. Um, now there are one or two guys that in more recent uh, months have stepped up where I've connected with, um, like my good friend Annie McDowell down in Georgia. Uh, people like that who. Absolutely, fill a, a, a space with another man, but these other women. Um, it it wasn't by coincidence that um that I think again that th- those relationships developed and uh, how they're able and make no mistake about it. Um, I think I bring something into their life and push them to be better. So it's you know that abundant exchange that we have together.
0: Yeah. Do you think there's any like for you? You know, like I kind of shared with these. Do you know? Do you think that there's any fear, or you know, conditioning um, that has you not have it? You could still have what you have with the women, but has you not
1: have it with more of a community of men also? Uh, yeah, I think they're still in the back of my mind that there's there's weakness, mm. uh, you know, weakness and judgment. Yeah, I think that again, having been raised, you know, by Depression-era parents, my father, command and control, George Patton-type you know household. He served in World War II. He's still alive. You know, he's ninety-eight years old, and um, that mentality, right? Just yeah, you, you you don't show the emotions too much. But I was always more like my mom, and um, I and, I, and I'm so grateful for that. That um. I feel like I've always had the empathetic, emotional side uh, to me. And, um, you know, I'm just, I think, in some ways, rediscovering that here later in my life. Um, but absolutely, I think it's, it's ingrained that there's a weakness and don't want to appear weak. So finding other empathetic men who, what I have found, again, like mentorship. Finding people that have gone through maybe a little bit further on down the road okay, than what you've been through. And Andy has been able to help me with that because he's a little bit further on down the road with um, relationships ending. So you see, there was
0: sure.
1: intentional connecting there. Yeah, I love that you pointed to
0: right the conditioning of your dad and that. Not, it's such, I mean, I think, I think you're so spot on. Like, there's a that generation is like a hard work gritted out push your feelings down, right? They went through the Great Depression, World War II, great, all these really intense, difficult things. And then they saw things like the Cold War and Vietnam, right? Like, they just had it was like every 10 years there was another thing. And, um, that was a generation really of men who, who squashed their feelings and pushed it down, and you didn't have that space. Um, So thanks for, for saying that, sharing that, um, and note, and even just saying the like weakness and judgment that comes up right in the back, like, you know, that it's not necessarily true, but it's, it's there. Yes. What would be, you know, I mean, let me just say this actually differently. You, you've lived a great and powerful and successful life. I'm almost saying it like you're the wizard of Oz or something, um, but you've lived, a, you've lived a good life. You've had it. You've created success. You've had great relationships. You still have great relationships. You're really committed to your daughter. Um, you're, you're committed to continuing to grow yourself and evolve personally and professionally. Um, and I have this sense that there's a part of you that's like, you kind of have it figured out. You kind of like, you can, I could probably ask you anything and you could like figure it out. Give me an, give me a really powerful answer. And I, and I, You know, it's one of the reasons that you're successful. Um, Is there something around this, the relationship, you know, ending, what's next for you that you feel like, man, I actually don't know. I don't have that figured out.
1: Wow. That's a great question. And, you know, I think as far as what I don't have figured out, that is absolutely scary is what what will it look like to even try to step into another relationship? And I know that's premature when one hasn't formally ended. Sure. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, a student of uh, Dale, Dan, Dan Milman, Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Mm-hmm. There's no ordinary moments. And, you know, at one point he talks about, you know, take out the trash, you know, the trash is anything that takes us away from when we think too much about our past or too much about our future, all we have is the here and now. And when we truly focus on the here and now, it's amazing what we can accomplish, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that it scares me to death after pouring myself into not always very well because i didn't tend the garden well enough it's what will a relationship look like going forward and can i be vulnerable that scares me i don't i don't have that part figured out alex and at this point if you asked me i can't even fathom having another relationship like ever you know the way my state of mind is now so success i don't i don't i don't you're not it's not that you're, you're not successful if you're not with someone. People can go through life by themselves if they want. But I believe in my heart that we were meant to have relationships. That's a fruitful life. So to me, success is about relationships, okay? Not the size of the bank account at the end. Because as, as we famously know, you know, Gandhi was an amazingly successful human being with incredible impact with about $1,000 to his name when he died. So again, I challenge the idea that you have to have a large bank account to be deemed a success. Thanks for sharing with that, the scary, what's actually scary,
0: that future idea. Can you look a little, like go a little bit further? Like what's without, I, I love that you're like, hey, I'm not even there. I don't need to even be there, right? Like I'm not even, I am curious though, what's so scary about the idea of
1: a future relationship? Uh being vulnerable and mm-hmm. being hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. Being hurt. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, I didn't want what's happening in my relationship, but I certainly contributed to, to it massively. Um like anything else, I think we can get comfortable in where we are, and again, if we're gonna just be real you know we might get on here and talk like a high achiever of success, but most of humanity out there okay they're 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 not driving for success, they just want to do oh, the the best they can in this life and go through it all right and you know the idea of of just, um, you know, being able to not not know that as far as how how to deal with that. I don't know it. It's just um, it's just it, it's being vulnerable, and it's not easy being vulnerable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks for the honest. Like, I love like the honesty, the vulnerability around the vulnerability. Um, I have a theory that. A lot of how a lot of what makes I, I often say I'm a recovering asshole and what created that asshole. And again, no one's fault. I made this choice was getting my heart broken. Now, I participated in getting my heart broken you know, I I I made the choices. I dated the people. I lied. I had no integrity. I screwed things up. Right. Like I created. I can't not blame anyone else that to your point. Like there were other people involved, but I am the creator of. Right. I'm the only one I can. It's my life. I got to take responsibility for it. But the heartbreak, like I remember getting my heart broken and that idea of, well, if I actually put myself out there again, that could, this pain could come again. So why don't I just shut that down, close myself off, and then I won't have to experience that pain again. And, right, and I think like, and that was, it was very young, I think a lot of men do that, which is how men get, not necessarily all become assholes, but often men become in the inability to be vulnerable, to share their feelings, to share their heart, to really let their partners in, to really connect with their buddies um, or the women in their life. Or the men in their life, or even their family, because of that fear—that's that fear of like really being heartbroken. Um, so here, I have a I have a follow up for you on this. If you know that's your fear, and you you also, I take it, are somebody that's like, hey, I'm not committed, I'm not committed to like living in, with that fear. I'm not committed to being afraid to be vulnerable or hurt again. Um, how could you practice like opening your heart, being vulnerable and not like stepping into the fear? Not in a way of creating a new relationship because that's down, but like right now, how could you practice that outside of cultivating
1: a new relationship? Remaining others focused, serving. I think magic happens when what I've witnessed in my own life by 'Cause I was look, I was incredibly selfish. I was listening to you talk, going, Yeah, sounds like me. <laughs> right. I was so selfish. Man, um, if I stay there too long, Alex, then I'll get depressed and angry and all that kind of stuff. There's no point. All right. I'm here now. And I've turned from that and worked really hard on turning away from that. But absolutely, um, remaining outward focused. And then from there, by remaining outward focused, people have come into my life. Okay, many are wonderful friends. A lot of these, you know, that these relationships were built during the pandemic where I haven't met people face to face. I'm slowly, very slowly, like when I was up in New York recently, someone who I've been in, in, in you know, an online relationship as part of masterminding and, and other things. I mentioned her name earlier. We didn't, for two years, we saw each other through a screen like you and I are seeing. And finally we met face to face. It was beautiful. I realized belly to belly, um, unbelievable. But by by remaining outward focused, because that's where a lot of that came from. I created these groups and, and stuff because I was outward focused. And then perhaps one of those relationships maybe turn into something more, who knows? All I know is, I think I read somewhere statistically, you know, how relationships later in life that become like romantic type relationships often are rooted in friendship. So guess what? I'm going to start with being an outwardly focused good friend. Mm.
0: Um, I want to, I'm like pulled because, you know, you read it, you, you, you did your research on me. So I'm, I'm pulled to, to, to challenge you and offer you something and you take it or leave it. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and I, cause I, and I, cause I think your commitment to serving others, this is like so perfect mm-hmm. men need and are die are like literally committing suicide and, you know, using drugs and porn and all these things to dull themselves out and escape um, because there's a lack of connection. And I think not just with women, but with other men, right? If men had, I think you said, I think Andy was the guy you said in in Georgia, right? I think I think I've actually met him. Um yeah. he's a podcast, right? He's a podcast. yeah, and yeah, and from we, I've met him before. Um, great yeah. guy. Um, like men need more men that are actually willing to share, like you've shared with us today. You mm-hmm. did. Um, so my challenge is. In your serving of others, can you bring your vulnerability and your fear to other men to share with them, so that they can see that it's okay, mm-hmm. and that then they can also reciprocate it back? Like in in you being an example and strong and brave,
1: that it allows them to have the space to open up, so they can too. Absolutely. In fact, one of the things that that I've done o- over the years, uh, more recently, was speaking on addictions with other men.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Because I've, I've been an alcohol abuser for many years and I stopped for the last, the last six years. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And so speaking with other men, men focused on, uh, yeah, on addiction, Um, ultimately, ultimately talking with other men about, in order to be outward focused in a healthy way, first it goes it starts inward with self-love mm-hmm. again this if you if I' talk to people and they hear well I, self-love they'll what a selfish guy to look inward no guess what yeah. every most every problem okay if unless you get right inside this it, what's going on inside manifests outside. I found, yeah. So you can lose weight and all this kind of stuff, but if you're messed up on the inside, brother, I found it's only temporary. So it starts inward. So getting with other men about that inward, again, self love. Do you have it? You truly love yourself because you you know what I've. And this goes to the vulnerabilities of relationship. I needed to work on that. Part of the reason why my Relationship is ending because I didn't have proper self-love. So guess what? Without proper self-love, I couldn't love properly. My wife. Hmm. I love that. Thanks for saying that. It's so,
0: you know, I often say, if I I met men and told them I was going to help them love themselves more, I wouldn't have any clients. Yeah. But when I, when we, when I help them find that gift without that being the focus. Right. When they're actually focused on what they their the relationship they want or the business they want or the money they want or the boat they want. It doesn't matter. That in order to get it, they usually have to cultivate self-love or they get it and it doesn't even matter, right? They just need another thing. Yeah. Um, but I love that that idea. We're so we so live in a world where we're, oh, the outside's gonna fix the inside. And it does not work that way. It never will. It can't, it can give us a momentary high yeah momentary you know happiness enjoyment satisfaction but it's like it will just pour through us if that if there's a hole in our heart and uh i love that you spoke to like hey i have to go inward to create the outward that i want
1: listen there aren't many i don't i i really don't like dealing in absolutes yeah you know but sure. if if there's one absolute it's what you just said yeah. okay yeah. nothing outside is going to last if you can't get the inside right. Mm. I'm I'm pretty convinced I've lived that. And um anyway, I appreciate you challenging me. I love I love I love this discussion about being open about all this stuff because I, you know, we're in a social media world that every you know, everything looks so perfect, but the more intentional connecting I've done, Alex. And the more I really talk to people, everyone's dealing with something. Mm-hmm. They're just too afraid to talk about it. Maybe we could shed some light and hopefully through your podcast, that'll open up some doors for, you know, in this movement where, we're, we're just more mentally aware of challenges uh, that we, that we need to bring to the forefront in order to create a better world. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the, you know, with what you're doing here.
0: Well, you, thank you. And um I think this is a perfect place to wrap this up. Like just the uh, even room right before what you just said. I was like, man, that self-love piece is like feels like a perfect final, you know, page of a book. Um I just want I want to before I want to invite you if you want to share people where they can find out more about you if they want to connect with you. Um before I even do that, I just want to thank you. Thank you for there are so many reasons you could have been like, I'm not going to come on and talk about my marriage ending. I'm not going to come on and dive into what I'm afraid of. I'm not going to share what I'm challenged by. And I just really want to acknowledge your bravery, your courage, um, like there is no such thing as bravery and courage outside of vulnerability, right? It's not, it, it it is what makes it possible. And thanks for being a man who not only is committed to serving others, who's committed to um, like having this end from love I was committed to having this relationship, you know, however it goes, cause it's just going to be a transition into a new, you know, a new way. It's not like actually ending it's transitioning, but that you're going to transition in love and that commitment to your daughter and commitment to the person you want to be. And even that piece around, Hey, that my commitment to the, to stepping into the fear is to serve others and open my heart and be vulnerable that way. Uh, thanks for sharing all that here and just being so open with us. You're welcome, and pl- my pleasure. If if do you, if people want to reach out, if they want to find what where's the best way for them to do that,
1: sure. Uh, people can connect with me uh, on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Jim Lomont, or if they want to email me directly, it's Jim at Pivot dot l-i-f-e so jim at pivot with purpose dot life. pretty perfect uh web uh email address
0: uh, for you jim thanks again um and just before we wrap up i just want to you know I, I my my goal and my wish with this podcast is not only that my guests have an Im- incredible experience and, and get something for themselves but that the listeners uh, get insight into themselves and their lives and get to move something forward or see something in someone, you know, maybe they realize they're not alone. So I, I, I know that it's there for you in this. Um, and thanks for listening and being here. And if you feel like you want to be a guest on this podcast, uh, you can reach out to Alex at the dream Mason.com check out all my things at the Um, and if you know somebody who you think should be a guest on this podcast, feel free to also You know, we won't force them, but send them our way and our connect us with them. We would love to hear from them. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks, Alex. Thank you for listening to playing with problems. I'm so grateful to you and our guests who are willing to come on and talk about and share so vulnerably. If you like the podcast, please like, and subscribe and leave us a review. And if you're a successful person, who thinks you have a challenge or problem that you want to come on this show and talk about, or if you're a successful person and you feel like a more intimate, personal one-on-one conversation is more right for you, please reach out to playingwithproblems at thedreammason.com. Thank you for listening to Playing With Problems.